When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those meddling ghost kids, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Reggie. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he likes to listen to loud music on a loop even when he's not trying to annoy you. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He once traded a mint Cal Ripken Jr. baseball card for a used copy of Star Trek Generations on VHS. It's Ian Whittington, everyone. That's a great trade. That's incredible. If anything, I got a great deal out of that. I've also never heard such an in-person record scratch as when we were watching it together and Uh Aaron just went... Did he just say sports person name here? Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card, yeah. Him. Did did he just uh-huh. say that? And I yeah. said sports were mentioned. I yeah. wrong yeah. person. I have that that rookie card. Uh and the reason I have that rookie card is, is because it's also Alan Trammell's rookie card, and that's one of the reasons it's worth so much money, is because there's two Hall of Fame players on the same rookie card as rookies. Um so there you go. Sports card weekly on Zip Pop. <clears throat> yep. Good. So, Golf is great. I love it. <laughs> and you're never, ever getting $800 out of that card, no matter how mint it is. Uh, so, yeah, just so you know, you're like, you'll be lucky to get three. Um, is, is, is what, what my sources tell me. Uh, we've got a good show with no more discussion of, of sports cards uh, for the entire rest of the show. Uh, oh, that is challenge my, accepted. <laughs> that is my solemn promise. Uh, we will, however, discuss Five Nights at Freddy's, um, which uh, is on Peacock and theaters at the same time. Um, an anatomy of a fall, which is in theaters has been for a couple weeks. Uh, and then of course we'll do a best ever challenge in honor of anatomy of a fall. We'll do best ever French films. Now that can be, that can be movies. (laughs) (laughs) The Englishman doesn't like France. Hmm. Who would have known? I didn't realize they made French movies. They do. They do. Uh, these are, however, don't have to be f- actually technically French movies. They Thank can be goodness. American movies or English movies uh, that are set in France. Those will work as well. Uh, and then we'll do some buried treasure uh, as we hit the end. Let's not dilly dally, though. Let's together go spend five nights at Freddy's. Hi, this is Mike. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes. The security guard. I will take anything. This place was huge in the 80s with the kids. They shut it down years ago. The owner's just not ready to let it go yet. I will work and you will sleep. I understand. Come here, in. Just keep your eyes on the monitor. Welcome to Freddy Fazbear's, where fantasy and fun come to life. 
Recently fired and desperate for work, a troubled young man named Mike agrees to take a position as a night security guard at an abandoned theme restaurant, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. But he soon discovers that nothing at Freddy's is what it seems. Uh, Josh Hutcherson is Mike Schmidt in this movie. Uh, Matthew Lillard stepping in for some scenes as well. And that's pretty much anybody you're going to know in this movie. What did you guys think about this? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? And did you play any of the video games? Andrew, start us off. I have played the video games. Low side of liked it. And it's because I I didn't have that high expectations going into it. (laughs) Low side of liked it for Andrew. Uh, Ian, did you play the video games? And did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I did not play the video games. For some reason, I thought this was a a reboot of a movie from the 80s. But the Mm. video games completely (laughs) missed me because apparently I'm just not tuned in. And I heavily low side of disliked this movie. (laughs) I'm not quite in hate it, but I am... I am cresting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. I never played a minute of the video games. Did, however, go to Showbiz Pizza, which was the local version of Chuck E. Cheese uh, where I grew up and uh, went to the Country Bear Jamboree at Disney. I am well aware of animatronics Mm -hmm. and how creepy they are. So that is my connection uh, to this. And I am straight and hated it. Just hated it. Just hated this movie. Uh, This is just a complete waste of time for me. Um, so that means this is, uh, Andrew's movie of the year. So right. Andrew, <laughs> tell us why you liked, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Now I didn't get a chance to say this during my, uh, little pre spiel there, but I am going to tear this movie to pieces more than I've ever torn any movie to pieces. <laughs> but there's a You've fact said that, that you liked I it. had, but the fact remains, I had fun watching this movie. I did. And I can't deny that for as many. Did you have another movie on in the background at the same time? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. But uh, but no, seriously, like I love Josh Hutcherson. Future Man is one of the funniest shows ever made. Future Man is char- great. Yeah, Future Man is great. But I think that he ha- brings some of that same kind of charisma to this here. His character is layered in a way I didn't expect to see in a film that's supposed to be about giant possessed puppets. Um. And that's my only pro for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. I listen. I'm going to do my best not to just destroy any possible positive thing that somebody has to say about this movie. (laughs) But the fact that you just said his performance is charismatic in this movie is ridiculous. No, I think. No, I said Josh Hutcherson is charismatic. Okay, no. but not in this movie. That's part of the problem. You have a charismatic lead who is asked to just be sullen the entire time. He has the charisma boy. of an involuntary root canal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also like Josh Hutcherson, and that is part of my problem with him in this movie, is that I, I don't think they took advantage of what can make him fun, like in Future Man or even in Hunger Games. You know, he's interesting in Hunger Games. Uh, Maybe I was just imagining watching Future Man while I was watching this movie, and I was just having a good time vicariously. I feel like they spiked him with literal sleeping pills throughout this movie. It, it's something. Was the character's name Josh? Was it Josh mm-hmm. Futterman? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. That's that's so interesting. In Future if Man? I had no, Mike, isn't it? Uh, no, no, no. In this movie, it's Mike. I was oh, saying in, okay, in, in Future, Future Man. Future Man. Man. I think it was Josh Futterman. Gotcha. 
Um, If I had to point out a positive on the performance end of things, (laughs) um, I mean, I think it feels to me like Matthew Lillard is the only one who got the memo of what kind of movie this could have been. Not what kind of movie it was, Uh but what kind of movie it could have been. Um, it was, it was Matthew Lillard. Um, and so that's, that's my brave attempt at saying something positive about this movie. Uh, Ian, some thoughts from you. I, I, I have one positive and there is something that's preventing me from sticking this in hated it. Mm-hmm. And it is the goofy animatronics. And I, I like the physical stuff that they've put together. Like it isn't that stupid cupcake is distractingly cgi but the rest of them are like present they're there i was kind of getting like donnie darko vibes from from them but all of them are in the wrong movie like there is a there's a fun tone that could have been had here and i haven't played the game so i don't know what the tone of the video games are but with these animatronics this felt more sore than it was or get out than it was meant to be like a ridiculous slasher thing that i was expecting so can I explain the game to you guys really Please. quick? Yeah, go for it. So basically you are playing Mike pretty much. It's you are five nights. You got to survive five nights at Freddy's. And all you're doing is sitting in a chair, kind of like what we're doing now, looking at monitors and we're going and we're selecting different camera footage. And you got to try and keep an eye on where the puppeteer or the puppets are like walking around the uh, the store at night and mm. you can like look to your left and look to your right, and you can see like them walking down the halls. You gotta, you know, close doors, turn Is on specific VR? lights. There may be a VR version of this game. Well, you just said look to your right, look to your left. It felt it felt like maybe it was VR, but no, I mean it would definitely make sense for there to be a VR. It's one of those like uh, horror games. It's mm. no surprise. So, and there's like nine of them, isn't there? There's a yeah. ton of these games. Yeah, the yeah. first one was super low budget. You can. And funny enough, there aren't uh, five days in uh, Fr- Five Nights at Freddy's. There are seven. <laughs> in the movie? No, in the game. Oh, in the game. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say in the movie, I think I, I think my only my only saving yeah. grace was counting how many nights we'd survived <laughs> already. It was like, oh, at least we're through three. We're at least 60% of the way there. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I, I think they did do actually five nights in the movie. Uh, I want to start tearing this movie apart. So positive. Now. Put that in the positive column. Yes. They can count. They can count. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, boy. I found the Vanessa character to be infuriating. She okay, was my least enough. favorite least mm-hmm. favorite part of the entire movie. Her vague warnings of what's really going on drove me crazy. And her out no of... need. Yeah. They're at, her out of nowhere threat to shoot somebody... It's just a poorly written character. There is so so much potential like to have, you know, the exposition character actually be more than an exposition character. And the Yeah. Now I'm it doesn't mad. help it doesn't help oh, that man. there are two story turn reveals towards the end that were both completely obvious from the first <laughs> twenty <laughs> minutes of the right. movie. The predictability too. level in this film is insane. When you only have five characters in a movie, your big reveal isn't much of a big reveal. It can only be one <laughs> listen, person. <laughs> listen, if you want if you want to predict what's going to happen in this movie, all you have to do at every turn is ask this question. 
what would be the most horror tropiest thing to do in this mm. moment? And that's where the movie's going. Like yeah. that is that is this movie. How would this ep- how would this movie end if it was a Scooby Doo episode? <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. I guess we can keep talking about stuff. <laughs> from this terrible movie in my opinion apologies to anybody that actually liked the movie you may want to skip ahead 10 minutes and people do right like in maybe there's a maybe the uh and, and again andrew you you liked this movie you yeah. said you put it in the light category most i liked it how much of that would you put on having played the games or knowing the universe or too much. way too much not too much or too much way too much way too much okay <laughs> i wonder if that's it like <clears throat> I'm trying to think, well, X-Files Fight the Future is a terrible movie, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy it, but that's because yeah. I love X-Files so much, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there's there's a level of being able to be in a world that you like and, and you can just overlook, mm-hmm. you know, other things. Yep. So, that's probably a lot there, if there's there, positive response to this. I imagine that's part of it. Because there were moments, like, you know, whenever he, like, sits down for the first night that he's there, you know, for his security gig. He turns on the monitors and the TVs are set up almost exactly like they are in the game, you know, and it's just like, okay, so he's getting himself prepped. Now I need to get myself prepped, too, because I'm going to live vicariously through him and see Mm. if I'm just as smart as Mike is, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's the worst thing about this movie? What's the worst thing about this movie? Yeah. What's the worst? What's the worst thing about this movie? Uh, I would say Vanessa. But okay, Ian. I think it's the the overall tone. Like this is not a long movie. Ding 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 ding. But it feels long as heck. Who and has <laughs> an IP property of killer animatronic <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese robots yeah. and decides to go with family drama <laughs> court battle court battle? Yeah, for. Uh, you know, a child's uh, like, how is this the movie you decide to make? 75% of it. It's great. It has nothing to do with Chuck E. Cheese at all. It has nothing to do with the restaurant. It's like, yeah. if I wanted Kramer versus Kramer, I would have put in Kramer versus yeah. Kramer. What is this movie? And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, some nice young woman is is getting chopped in half by an animatronic <laughs> mouth, and it's like, oh, oh, n- oh now we're that in was the this best movie. That was like, the best part of the movie. <laughs> a nice young woman. <laughs> it's just a, just this kindly, beautiful young woman. Yeah, who's just you know minding her own business. That's not true. Yeah. She wasn't minding. No, her she own was, business. and she was a terrible person. She deserved it. They all deserved it. Yeah, she deserved to be bifurcated. Do you know why they all deserved it? Because that's the tropiest horror yes. movie cliche you can do. Is the people who deserve it yeah. uh, get what they deserve? Um, but yeah, I did the tone. the The weird tone choices in this movie, yeah. are just mind blowing to me. I, I recently watched. I don't remember if I talked about it on this show. I do way too many podcasts. Uh, but I have talked about recently seeing Child's Play and for the first time, the original Child's Play, and really enjoying it. Child's Play is the tone this movie needed. Yeah, that feels right. Like yeah. it's it's a very similar premise in a lot of ways, you mm. know. Um, toy or animatronic, you know, something for kids turns nefarious and yeah. and you know, tries to do evil. But it's hilarious, and everybody in the movie gets the movie they're in. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean they're 
overacting or chewing the scenery in child's play. I mean, there's a little bit of that. They're reacting like a human being would react yes. if a demon possessed a Chucky doll and it was killing people. <laughs> They're like, what is going on here? This you movie know. did forget to write some human characters. <laughs> Everybody who sees these animatronic characters are like, oh, yeah, that's happening. Okay. I guess there's a child inside there. Okay. But yeah, that's just it's, a it's theory. So strange. <laughs> oh, mercy. Um, yeah. So, Ian, I think that's right. I think it's the tone disparity. That's, that's what it felt worst. like for me. I've You've moved down to it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a minute. It's this, this. I think you said it earlier, Andrew, the missed opportunity. Like, there is a a meta almost like kind of deadpooly horror thing that they could have gone with here and made it something more um but they just decided to be miserable like really properly miserable um with just no fun and i yeah. i know that there's there's really no story to the game and they had to make up something here and it's it's not it doesn't work i think they made I, up too I much story admit, <laughs> Even I will admit it doesn't work here. What they've tried to add, you know, this mm. false, you know, Kramer versus Kramer thing. But I think people going in expecting to see giant animatronic puppets kill people are going to be very disappointed. Yeah, the, payoffs, the payoffs, as it were, are far and few between. I got I my immediate. Oh, we're on a bad path here. Was when we opened with random guy getting murdered in the face. And then five minutes later, we were still talking about um, jo- Mike and his daughter, um, his sister, and like the troubles. And then we have the custody stuff. And I was like, "Oh, that was that was an excuse to give you twenty minutes of this expositional nonsense, as if that's a free pass. Like a little bit of saw drama at the beginning, so that we can spend half an hour doing nothing." If you're going to do the whole movie like that, and that's going to be, you're going to be, like, dread is going to be the tone of the movie, right? Like, it'd be, you're just going to sit in places. If you're going to do, what was the, what was the Shining uh, movie that came out? Dr. Um, Sleep. More re- Dr. Sleep is a great example of this. Dr. Sleep, not necessarily a lot happens all the time, and it's kind of dealing with some of the same themes and, you know, with creepy children or, or whatever, but everything feels this ominous sense of dread because the tone is consistent throughout. Um, and this this movie, it didn't nail that to begin with. No. But if it had stuck with it, at least it would have been a consistent yeah. piece of art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so. it, and then it just goes and ends with, I'm going to be a better big brother. Oh, Mike, I loved you all along. And it's, just, it's such an unearned... <laughs> character shift as well it's like you guys could have had a perfectly fine relationship throughout all of this we didn't need the the tor- turmoil between you two and the resolution is so unearned do they talk at all about whatever the um the little girl is dealing with Not as as a medical issue or anything no. do they mention spectrum do they mention anything so really all we're left in the movie is just assuming that she sees dead people right like the idea is she's just in touch with the she spirit has world connection yeah 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 she's got the shining i just I, the movie just doesn't it just doesn't it doesn't guide you anywhere like no. it doesn't it doesn't allow you to follow a you know cohesive coherent path towards anything interesting nope. um so yeah 
Yeah, it was not a great experience. It's annoying. I was annoyed. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's? Mid credit scene. Mm, there is. <laughs> that taxi driver is the best part of the movie. <laughs> he really is. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Um, you know, my mom told me if if you don't have something nice to say, only <clears throat> talk about it for twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a sequel. I hope that it's better. It made so much money. <laughs> it made so much money. It made so, so much money. <laughs> we know we're getting two more of these. It, it's absolutely happening. You know, it's wild. Just when I think Hollywood is like, oh, that whole streaming thing was a bad idea, that whole day and date streaming thing, they release Five Nights at Freddy's the same day on Peacock as it goes to theaters, and it mm-hmm. makes $80 opening weekend. Yeah. And it's on everybody's TV if they have Peacock. Yes. Like, that, like... I don't know that we have it figured out yet. Like, no. I, I, I think, I think, People? I have said all through this that day and date does not cannibalize movies. Mm-hmm. And I think I oversimplified that. I think there are instances when day and date yeah. can cannibalize movies. But I don't think it's a given. And I think this is proof that you can put something on streaming for everybody mm-hmm. and still make a lot of money at the theater. I think there's still, like, it was Halloween weekend. It is a horror, it pitches itself as a horror movie. <laughs> It is an event to go out and go to the cinema and do stuff. So I think this and just for an got entire lucky. generation, this was like a game that yeah, you know it is. It's been that they love massively. So. How did you guys watch it? Did you watch it on Peacock? Or did you go to the theater? Yes, Peacock. Okay, so did I. Yeah, yeah. In general, I'm not leaving my house if I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> that's not just for movies. That's just life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paid so much uh, for it, you should stay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, all right, let's move on from uh, those five nights uh, at Freddy's um, to a different day on the mountains uh, with Anatomy of a Fall. When her husband Samuel is mysteriously found dead in the snow below their secluded chalet, Sandra becomes the main suspect when the police begin to question whether he fell or was pushed. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall is certainly looking for some awards this year. Uh, Justine Triette uh, directed it as a French film. Sandra Huller uh, is in the lead. Um, what did you guys think of Anatomy of a Fall? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Big shift in gears, Ian. Yeah, I dislike whoever programmed this show. That is <laughs> jarring as heck. Uh, I loved this movie. Ian loved, loved it. it. Andrew. I think I really liked it. Close to love. <laughs> and I say uh, think because I just do have, I a, thought, I have a question about something. Just when I thought uh, I couldn't hate anything more than Five Nights at Freddy's, <gasps> this movie comes along and uh, is amazing. I love this yes! movie oh, so much. Stop doing that, you <laughs> dramatease. <laughs> Worry Womble. I'm just the, I'm auditioning for a reality competition show judge. Look, I'm just yes, I'm, I'm here. Simon. I'm here, guys. Yeah. I'm here. I'm I'm really good at it. Uh yeah, no, this this movie's amazing. Uh, yeah. I loved it. Uh Ian, tell mm. us a little bit about why you loved Anatomy of a Fall. Uh first of all, it just it this movie could have been terrible and I still would have loved it. Because it just it has this kind of Danish crime thriller European feel to it that I can't exactly put my finger on, mm-hmm. but it's very much a European like classics like The Snowman and Well, I haven't seen The Snowman, so <laughs> you don't need to. Okay, I won't see joke. that then. But just this 
crime procedural thing mixed with a courtroom drama, which these, like the Danish crime shows, don't usually have. But just everything about this movie, the journey it takes you on, the 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 ups and downs, the ambigu- ambiguity of certain people, how it's written, the emotional punches. It is just beautifully crafted. There is such a clear story theme undertone going throughout this movie and it is just performed beautifully and just pitch perfectly. It's so, so good. Yeah, there are many places I could start with the things I love about this movie um, and perhaps it is cliche to start with the performances, but Sandra Huller hey, is... That's is, bread and butter. We both do it. We both do it. We both do it. Is uh, absolutely astonishing in this. Yeah. Um, and she's not the only one. I I felt like everybody was fully realized in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes there is a little bit of difficulty for me when there is another language spoken in knowing if the acting is good or not oh, because I'm not I'm yeah. not following the inflection as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how natural it sounds, like those kind of things. Yeah. There's a lot of English in this movie, though, and which is part of the story. It's, as it's well. not only part of the story; it's, it's part of crucial. the it's part of the thematic work that this yes. movie is doing as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Um. So, so I I was able to connect to how those performances felt in a different way, mm-hmm. and I I thought they were were pretty amazing. Um, it's, it's one of the I said to you as we came out of the theater it's one of the few times I wish I was French because I could have <laughs> there was some nuance that I know we're missing as native English speakers that a native French person mm-hmm. would definitely pick up on more um, just just from I, the Sandra character's point again, of view again the whole movie is about nuance and meaning yeah. like the whole movie is about where is truth found mm-hmm. and is truth as solid as you think it is? Like yeah. it, it's, it's playing in those spaces already. Andrew, what are some of your thoughts um, on anatomy of a fall? What my, what might be my biggest hiccup with the film is I'm just not that familiar with the French legal system. So I'm not sure if the French courts entertain so much speculation and conjecture. Oh yes. The, or, one of my favorite this, p- or is this a case of like Hollywood courtroom dramatization? No, it's one of my favorite parts of this movie is the insight into the French courts. Um, all the legal dramas, I shouldn't say all, but most of the legal dramas we see are, you know, uh, very ordered and, you know, witnesses called, witnesses yeah, said, this is prosecution, so you know, has a chance to question. Uh, then, then the, you know, the defense has a ch- chance to cross-examine. Mm-hmm. Then there's a chance for follow-up. This is just like, we're all here to figure this thing out. Yeah. Let's talk it out. And it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't I didn't know legal proceedings could be this amazing. I feel <laughs> so uncomfortable, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was awesome. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Well, then I, re- I do really, really, really like it because that was my, I, I didn't know, like, is this much speculation and conjecture going to be put into evidence or... Why is nobody just because I'm so used to American legal yeah. dramas, you know, where I'm like, Even why, is is nobody I'm objecting? why is nobody objecting? Why is nobody objecting? This guy is really yeah. mean. Why is he allowed to be so mean? <laughs> no, um, yeah. the film fully succeeds. And it's this is my biggest pro. If 
fully succeeds in its ambiguity with the guilt slash innocence of our main protagonist. Even now, I'm not sure. Oh, I got some theories. The script is beautifully (laughs) written in a way where the story gives us just enough information where we can draw our own conclusions about our protagonist, but it still leaves enough doubt to where you're never fully, truly comfortable with that decision. Mm. Uh, Which is a good theme in this movie because there's uh, even that section at the very end where uh, I forget the name of the helper, but she says, you just have to decide. You just have to decide. Mm. And that's to the audience as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have just recently within the last two weeks rewatched the movie doubt, uh, which also Mm. plays in this space of, we're not going to let you off the hook and tell you the truth. You're going to see all of the, the world, the evidence around surrounding this assumption and draw your own conclusion. Now the difference is the very specific difference is in doubt uh, the writer of that movie, um, Shanley, uh, who also did Joe versus the Volcano. Uh, oh, yay! And then, then, in fact, between Joe versus the Volcano and Doubt, there was nothing. Those were like, <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> it is insane. Uh, but uh, he, he specifically, for the stage play, which was before the movie, told the central character who is suspect, you know, um, who people are suspicious of the truth. He told them, this is the truth that you, you did it. You didn't do it. You did this. You didn't do this, whatever. So that character knows in the movie as well. Um, he told, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, the truth. So there is an answer in doubt according to the author. Right. Um, and none of those people have talked. So like, it's not like anybody, anybody knows, but in this specifically, Sandra Huller was told that she, that there was no, you cannot know the answer. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know that she was specifically told there isn't an answer, but anyways, according to the performances, those kind of things, there's an ambiguity there, even to the performers. So, um, so anyhow, that's a little bit different, but they play in kind of those, those same, uh, playgrounds. I will tell you, moving into my possibly only negative, at least my only big negative for this movie, and it really did impact my ability to get into this movie. At the very beginning, there's a website shown, and the title of the website is didshedoit.com, right? So there's something like that. Okay. I'm I'm now remembering it. (laughs) Yes. And that set me up for the wrong movie because I don't believe that's the thought you should, the seed you should have planted at the beginning of this movie. And because that's the seed they plant right at the beginning, I'm already in like investigative mode. And I think that's the wrong place to be when the movie starts. I think Mm. you need to find your way there. You need to evolve your way there. Um, and it allows you to experience the story better too. Uh, this is somebody who likes to go in as blank as possible to yeah. these mis- the, these movies. So I had no idea. I had literally had no idea there was going to be a murder, an investigation, no, a trial. Yeah, none of that. I. I knew none of that until did she do it. Dot com appears at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, okay. So who's we're going to tr- who's somebody's going to die, and we're going to mm-hmm. try to figure out if she killed him. And I'm like, I would have liked to have just experienced these human beings before there was a dead body, okay. as opposed to already being thinking about the gotcha. the murder. And I just didn't like that choice at all. I can say that. Put it up at the end or something. But like, I don't know. It was it was 
the worst part of the movie for me and it's you know it's it's not going to ruin the movie no, the movie's spectacular That's but awesome. um but it definitely impacted my experience at least for the the first Interesting. part yeah, Ian, uh, yeah i haven't thought about we're done recording i want to know your theory because i think well let's do a let's do a we'll do a quick sift spoil yes on this one so that we can talk about our theories and our uh our ideas of what might or might not have happened uh on this one uh other thoughts about uh about um this movie what you liked and didn't like uh my con for the movie is some of the camera work in this film was a little bit jarring it happened infrequently enough to where it wasn't distracting but several times during the film it would switch to this shaky pov shot where like it would pan across like uh, the courtroom and then all of a sudden it'd be like oh did we see somebody and then it would pan back like 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 an actual human Mm -hmm. you know moves their head and like moves their eyes and i get what they were going with for they were trying to uh uh you know have it from the perspective of the sun or of the sun's helper it can't be from the sun although i do love uh the the uh, the uh, the analogy of you know law is blind and so is their son and there's and she's telling him that he has to decide and you know so mm-hmm. a lot of cool analogies there yeah yeah I thought his performance was great I mentioned everybody's performance was great um, another one I specifically wanted to bring out um, is uh, Antoine Renarts who played mm-hmm. the uh, the advocate general or the prosecuting attorney as we might so say good so intense i hated him so much uh-huh. <laughs> right Perfect which amount. means he was great yes <laughs> and and what's weird about hating him so much it's like if we're in an amb- ambiguous place where we don't know if she did it or not mm-hmm. i shouldn't i shouldn't be i shouldn't be so protective of her why yeah, am i so protective you, of you, her you should because like, we didn't start the movie with the prosecutor we started correct. the movie with her correct yeah Correct. But I think it says something about our nature, about human yes. nature, about whatever, that we see this mean man attacking mm-hmm. this poor woman who may have murdered her husband. Know. We don't yes. know. Um, but because she's on our team, we're yeah. going to root for her. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, fact he looks like Carl Pilkington. <laughs> well, there's that I, too. Well, now I'm thinking that. Yeah, he would make a great prosecutor or a terrible one. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought idiot, he was great. And yeah, he was prosecutes. Amazing. I mean, he lost me a little bit when he pulls out her book, and that's without going into spoilers. That's one of his um, one of his points of attack is what she's written, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, you are reaching. I think that's that's more balanced than you are. I think I think that is a more balanced argument than you think it is. I'm with Mm -hmm. you. They're, they they do I, at least from the movie's perspective they do a very good job of two quick one-liners back to back that from both sides mm-hmm. the first the first being I, I don't know if I want to spoil it but about Stephen King yes and yeah and then the second the response line to that is also true and funny and mm-hmm. witty and puts you back in the the realm of you know yeah I, so like I I, yeah. at least from the movie's perspective they're trying to be balanced on that that mm-hmm. could or maybe could not be good evidence yeah um so mm-hmm. and i tend to agree i, t- I tend to agree there's something <laughs> worth looking at there i for me i was like that's i get the logic but that's freaking dangerous i don't it even want to entertain that 
because of the slippery slopeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would set a precedent that is not one. Yeah, it just should not be in that. Like, I, I get it that Stephen King's not the one on trial, <laughs> etc. Fine, but still. Um, so there were there were two two kind of points in this movie, and I love it when I can do this. That I can pinpoint where I got chills, and it just like notched it up. One was a really little one was when the son who is blind is on the stand. And the camera is just focused on his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's, looking and back he's and getting forth. questioned from either side. But we can't see who's talking to him. Mm-hmm. Just like he can't see who it is at all. He just hears this voice moving around. And the way his head twitches and he's clearly anxious by it was just like such a great way to put us in in his shoes and what he's going through, which we can't we can't fully understand how messed up it must be to be in that position and there's an entire recording that puts the entire courtroom oh, in his my position goodness. you know yes yeah so like yeah well and that recording is the other moment there's a recording it's about probably two-thirds of the way into the movie and it's a recording of a scene that took place a few days earlier and that argument was one of the most authentic arguments i think i've ever seen in a movie like there are there's gaslighting on both sides neither of them are wrong neither of them are right exactly they're both so invested in their own narrative it was yes i was like i've been on both sides of this argument and i hate it (laughs) it's so good (laughs) it's incredible and that is where like her performance for me just went through the roof it was so measured to begin with Mm. then just into this volcano that erupts she just like i don't i would love to know how much practice that took, how much rehearsal, how quickly she got there, because that's an incredible performance. That's such a good scene. There's a bit of a stereotypical gender role reversal going on, too, with Mm -hmm. her almost playing the more straightforward, calm, Mm -hmm. logical one, and the husband playing the more emotionally volatile, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, role. But it kind of also plays into the stereotype of the cold german as well well like the, the there's very, a cultural stereotype yeah. that it plays into mm-hmm. sure yeah like she is the most german german to ever german <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah no yeah. she laughed a couple times <laughs> <laughs> oh they laugh they're like klingons they belly laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i loved it loved that that scene just sent it through the roof for me mm-hmm. yeah yep it is a it is a movie that is so intricately aware of the things it's saying about assumptions, the mm-hmm. things it's saying about uh, how we, um, how our own narrative impacts our view of things. Um, and it's just, it's, it, you just come away going like, I don't want anybody listening to the recordings of me and my closest friends. No, like, no please no. <laughs> especially if they wind up dead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> If worst. that was me, I would just, even if it's not true, I would just say, I'm guilty. You know yeah, what? Just throw me I'm in guilty. prison. I didn't you do don't, need to, don't need to play anything. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty. No, yeah. I hear how it sounds. Well, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes there's this interesting thing that happens. And yes, I'm going to bring reality TV in, into this. There's this interesting that ha- thing that happens on reality television, specifically competition shows like Survivor, Big Brother, those kind of things, where somebody will get off the show and they'll watch themselves on the show 
And there are two, there are one of two reactions. Number one, oh, they just edited me that way. The other is I didn't realize uh-huh. how I sounded and how I looked when I did those things. And that kind of self-awareness is something we're all struggling to yeah. find because we all have our narratives. We all have the way we, we see the world. Know. Yeah. So it's, it becomes very difficult to step outside of what we see as yeah. truth um, and having so. that narrative isn't the problem. Being aware of it is what people miss out on so, so much. Just mm-hmm. knowing that you are a biased, useless individual that should not be <laughs> making any decisions. <laughs> be aware of that and you'll make better decisions. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to talk about with Anatomy of a Fall? Um, the score. I, I know it's very, very subtle. Um, Was there a score? Was there? I just, did I just imagine a score? I think I don't the only know. music. I, uh, honestly, I think the only music we hear is him playing the piano until the very end. There might be maybe a, a yeah. No, there is some piano that scores some of it. That's very deliberate. Um, I mean, the best score is the one you don't notice. But something tweaked in my brain there that said the mm. score was really good and subtle. Yeah, subtle I just want to rewatch it. Would definitely watch be it again. Good. Did yeah. you guys feel the time at all in this one? No, I looked at my watch a couple times. Second of it. No, I was in it. Yeah, I think I was pretty much just in it. I know it was long, but I I didn't didn't feel its length to me. No, everything seemed purposeful and and, and worked for it me. It didn't in that feel way. like five literal nights. <laughs> no, <laughs> five nights at Sandra's. Yeah. Um the the cast, by the way, the the main the main two, um, like the husband and wife. Mm. Uh, had their actual names. Um, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if you caught that. Sandra Huller's character's name was Sandra, and Samuel Thies's character's name was Samuel. I, I bet so, that helps. I bet that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, I liked her friend slash lawyer. Um, I, I, oh, I want hmm. an entire back series about them two and their history. Uh, oh, there the, is definitely something going on there that we were mm-hmm. not privy to. But I like that the movie wasn't preoccupied with no? it. It was just like it was part of the truth of the movie. Yeah. No, um, it was pretty much singular focused, the film. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah, I think this is a, a great watch mm-hmm. and um, well worth investing Gripping. in and will uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in the conversation uh, for awards. Strangely enough, not France's official selection for their uh, o- Oscar. This uh, is why you just can't trust the French. <laughs> uh, did you know, Ian, while, while we mentioned the, um, the Oscars, it is now no longer foreign language Oscar. Uh, I forget. Mm. I think it's international, international film, film. International film. Oh, okay. So England will have a, a choice now because oh, it cool. was always, it, you know, English films weren't foreign language films. Oh, nice. Cool. So uh, yeah. So there, there will be uh, England will submit a. Uh, oh, that's a great. It's another well. category that we're not going to win. <laughs> it's nice to be included. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's you know look you know we we never win the World Cup so you know there's always there's and always we some do. <laughs> you did once you did once yes. <laughs> many many moons ago uh like like five moons uh, five, five decades Germany of moons <laughs> all right there you go <laughs> that is Anatomy of a Fall check it out uh it's playing around at your local theater I'm sure it'll be streaming at some point mm. or, or on VOD probably before that. Before we head into our best ever challenge, thank you again to our amazing Sif Pop members. Thank you for supporting what goes on here. You can do that at Patreon. 
Uh, we recorded a pre-show, a moops, if you will, um, which is uh, Andrew Ormsby's show that he does for our amazing members. You can uh, check out today's show where we discussed uh, good movies with bad endings and bad movies with good endings, as well as some other uh, interesting things that are going on in the world of pop culture. But to do that, you need to be a member. And that happens at patreon.com slash siftpop. Thank you for checking that out. We really appreciate you even thinking about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do best ever challenge, best ever French films, which doesn't mean what actually French films means. This just means films that Thank are set goodness. in France. And I, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, hmm, how many, like, do we one. all just talk about Amelie? Like, is that the only one Trump. we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I, I saw it when I was like 11. I don't right, remember right. that movie at right. all. Uh, so we decided to expand it to movies that took place in France as well, which really widens yeah. it out. So I would hope the movies we chose take place almost exclusively in France as opposed to just having a scene or two I there. So. But That's one interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, stretch it all you want. <laughs> But uh, I think you gain more respect, uh, you know, oh, for your choices if they. Good thing I don't care about yes, that. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's get into it. We'll go number five to number one. If you have a movie higher than the person who mentions it, Trump! then uh, just trump it, and we will wait to talk about it till it is at its highest ranking. Uh, kick us off at number five, Andrew. What's your number five movie that took place in France? My number five movie that took place in France is Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. I no would, Trump? wouldn't have known. Wouldn't have known that one. Does nope. it? Interesting. You mean the beast takes place in France? Oh yes. Does it? it? Absolutely I did not does. Know that. Yeah. I know there were French characters in it. I swear, nice. I thought this was going to get Trump from Aaron. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I didn't really think about it. it. I mean, it's you know, it's great. It's weird that you're picking the 2017 one. I don't know why you would do that. That's <laughs> um, true. But yeah, because you know how much I love that version of the film, <laughs> right? Yes. Last time. <laughs> Yes, it, it's classic. It's iconic. It's so many things that harkens back to a time when Disney could do no wrong. You know, they were mm-hmm. just, as some people would say, the best that they'd ever done. So, uh, I mean, I mean that era of time mm-hmm. that they were making like anime movies. Some would say that that's the best era that they've ever done. Um, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. It's great. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, one of very few uh, nominated for Best Picture, uh, animated films nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think there have only been three uh, mm-hmm. in the history of the Oscars, and Beauty and the Beast was the first in 1991. Uh, the other two were Pixar movies. In 2009, Up was nominated for Best Picture, and in 2010, Toy Story 3 was nominated for Best Picture. Nice. Um but uh, but yes, so uh, yeah, and in a, a uh, worthwhile nomination for sure. I imagine there will be a, a few examples of movies that I just didn't think of in this category because again, it widens it out quite a bit. Uh, for it really the does, yeah. 
Um, I'll go next. Uh, my number five is Dunkirk. Smash that button! Wow. I'm I, I'm offended. Phil, Phil, would you would you save <laughs> Ian going smash that button? And and I'm gonna have that yes. as the new Trump sound. Um <laughs> smash that button. Uh anyhow, yes, I imagined it might get Trump. Yes. Uh Ian, what is your number five? Taken. <laughs> it's a good choice. It's in my honorable mentions. Yay! Yep. Mostly in France, genuinely, not mm-hmm. even taking the Mickey. No. Nope. It is oh. in France. I Love this movie, unapologetically. Um, it has a special place as a movie that kicked off movie night between me and my buddy at uni. And we would get a four-pound pizza um, <laughs> to share. And it was this ridiculous place that did a huge pizza for four-pound. And we would pick usually something in the vein of Taken. We would just find a movie that had a ridiculous or like kind of interesting premise to us that was in the 90 minute region taken started that and we never got better than taken (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah it's always going to be special nice uh yeah definitely my honorable mentions um it's a good flick it's a good flick Mm -hmm. uh all right andrew what is your number four amelie me too hey it would be on my list if I could remember it. I haven't tried. I haven't. Okay. Yeah, smash uh, that button. No, <laughs> I, I couldn't put it on my list because I just can't remember it. Yeah. Talk about it, Andrew. She's adorable. I want to marry this woman. <laughs> she's just everything about her. She just spreads joy and laughter and every what she does with the uh, uh, the garden gnome. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's hilarious. I absolutely love it. And now the whole Travelocity thing makes so much more sense. I know Amelie didn't start that trend, but it made it famous. You know, mm. there you go. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's it's one of those movies that you just feel like warm and fuzzy. Uh, yeah. You know, after watching like and yeah, yeah, uh, it has uh, has all the the markings of a, a movie that Aaron would have high in his list. So nice. uh, Amelie. Uh, or Amelie, <laughs> whatever. Amelie. No. About the pronunciation? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, All right. What, uh, what is your number four then, Ian? Uh, Les Miss, as the English call it. Nice. Les Miserables. Yes, Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. Um, Which one which are you one? specifically talking about? Oh, wait, what? the only one I've seen. The Okay, the one with the <laughs> Russell Crowe. The cast, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anne Hathaway, yes. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I don't know if I'm supposed to like it or not, but <laughs> I enjoy it. The singing is fine, whatever, but I, I enjoy the story. I enjoy this movie. I enjoy the people that are in it. I enjoy the tone. I enjoy um, very, very much the people in this movie. Russell Crowe singing. No, I did start with saying the singing, man, not so much. Well, I don't know. Anne Hathaway kind of steals the show yeah. uh, a couple times. Mm-hmm. She's pretty amazing. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so that would be the 2012 Les Mis. Yes. Uh, Tom Hooper directing that. Uh, was nominated for uh, Best Actress and a few other uh, things in the Academy. So good choice. Um, let's see. I think that brings Andrew us to your number three. All right. This is my number one French film. Like, mm, okay. Actual mm-hmm. French film. The rest of them just take place in France. Um, Intouchables. Mm-hmm. I still need to see this. It is. It is in my top hundred movies of all time. Uh, 
the journey these two go on and how they grow as individuals and it's it's beautiful makes me cry every time i watch it uh yeah if you haven't seen it i highly recommend you check it out heard good things heard good things from lots of people it's on my list of shame um so that is a number three so my number three is martin scorsese's hugo uh mm. in at number three um, I've talked about my love for this movie before. Uh, I think this is um, just a really beautiful love letter to movies in a lot of ways uh, that Scorsese has made here. And it's also a, a beautiful story about this, uh, you know, kid in this train station. Um, so, yeah, love, uh, love Hugo. Uh, also one of the uh, movies, one of the best ever movies to use 3D as a tool and not a gimmick. Mm. Um the 3D in this movie is used really, really well and serves the purpose of the movie really well. So that's my number three nice. is Hugo. Uh, Ian, what's your number three? Much less sentimental, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Trump! I heard that. Uh, all right, on to our number twos. Andrew, what do you got at number two? Inglorious Bastards. Nice. Hey, <laughs> talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, we've talked a lot about you know, Inglorious Pastors. I don't know what else I could say about it that I haven't said before. Ian, anything mm. you want to throw in? Oh, yeah, just Brad Pitt. <laughs> He's so good in this movie. We're going to hunt us some Nazis. Nazis. Uh, there are just scenes after scene of beautiful tension. It's not just a ridiculous Tarantino slice them up movie. Obviously, the opening scene is something we always talk about, but that scene in the pub where they're having the drinks together and trying to pretend to be German and everything goes swimmingly until, and it's the until that is just so, so good. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just, I don't care if that's nonsense. I don't care. It works for that scene. It's so, so clever. Yeah. So good. Love that movie. Uh, Love the ending as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best beginnings in a movie ever. Mm hmm. So good. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, what uh, you got? Uh, I, well, I think you're... That was think, my number two. Oh, that was your number two. Yes, you're correct. My number two is Moulin Rouge. Hmm. Um, Holy crap. Obviously, did you forget that exists? <laughs> I, I, I forgot it exists. Yeah, yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, take well, out Beauty and the Beast and put in Moulin Rouge. Nice. Uh, you know what? Uh, I I put it at my number two because I can, can, can. This is the movie where I fell in love with uh, Baz Luhrmann nice. um, and his uh, frenetic way that he edits, the way that he tells stories. Um, I believe he called them red curtain stories or the you know red curtain trilogy or something like that. The idea being when he makes a movie he wants you to be aware that he's putting on a show Mm. um he's not trying to pretend like he set up cameras and documented something he literally wants to entertain you um and i find that impressive and interesting and compelling and uh and moulin rouge is one of the most i also think the the soundtrack to this is amazing Mm -hmm. um i think uh nicole kidman and um it's not ethan hawk is it hugh jackman N- no. no, not Hugh Jackman. Um, um Ewan Ewan McGregor? McGregor. Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor. Thank you. Someone English. 
Uh, Nicole. <laughs> He's uh, not even English. I know, I know. He's Scottish <laughs> and Hugh Jackman's Australian. <laughs> that was my joke. Uh, the uh, they their come what may is just blows me away every time I hear it, and uh, and the movie is is also really beautiful and plays with ideas of uh, loss and emotion, yeah. and uh, it's just good stuff. Love mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge. So that is my good number pick. two. Good pick. I might switch out Les Mis for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, I'm too sure. Okay, we'll All see. Right. Well, better soundtrack you've inspired uh, us I will, Aaron. i will be decide if that's something that you can't 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 can, 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 can. do nice. uh all right what is uh then ian Ian's you're next two. i think what's your Dunkirk. number two Dunkirk. now there you go i noticed a lot of the movie set in france were only set in france because of the war so <laughs> yeah. if there's one thing the english like doing it's reminding the french that we saved their butts <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> which we do quite a lot. Yeah. Um, we have so yeah, something Dunkirk. similar we do with the English uh, about that war. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have an interesting way of telling that war. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that last six months was really, really important, wasn't it? Don't you know guys? Normandy was the absolute, like, it was, you know, yeah. England would be Normandy a German state was right the now. Yeah. Yeah. Normandy was uh-huh. <laughs> We might be better for it. Um, kidding, kidding. Right. Uh, Dunkirk is incredible. Um, we, the, the entire country came for them. Uh, so, so good. I love this. I f- even forget the wonky time travel element of the story. I, I think it works so, so well. I love this movie. Yeah, I had it at number five. Uh, really enjoy it as well. I, I actually think it's one of uh, Nolan's least successful uses of time messery. Mm-hmm. Um, not because it not because it doesn't make sense. I think you can make sense of it yeah. pretty well. I actually think it, it messes with the storytelling too much. Um, but I still love the movie. Yeah. And that's because I love the stories, the performances, and the, you know, the way that it's envisioned. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. My number five, your number two, and it's on to our number ones. What do you got, Andrew? Saving Ryan's Privates. There you go. Yep. Your favorite female-led movie. <laughs> that wasn't the category. It was movies with a female's name in the, the title. Females, yeah, close enough. <laughs> Wait, you, got, you got what I was going for there. I did. Uh, I did. Yeah, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, it's, it's one that you... Even though I have seen it multiple times, I can understand people saying, yeah, that's a one and done for me. But I do think it's a very important movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually just re-watched it uh, not too long ago. And uh, my disdain for Upham, the Upham character that I had when I was younger, has started to uh, subside. And I'm starting to kind of empathize with that mm. character a little bit more. Uh, so Aging. I'm having a... Uh, it's I'm having a uh, It's... Aaron's pacifism is rubbing off on me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Before we know it, everybody will be a pacifist and no one will have wars again. <laughs> then what kind of shame. movies will we have? And then what kind of movies right? can we make? How will we save France if there's no wars? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. My number one. Uh, yes. Should not be a surprise. Uh, my number one is Ratatouille. Uh, oh, fiddlestick! Is my number one. Love this movie. Uh, love everything about it. Um, Lemmings is off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've talked. I've talked about every Pixar movie yeah, enough, but uh, but Ratatouille is great. Um, not the best. I, I just I just want to just just have to mention one more time. 
anyone can cook and the way that this movie clarifies what that means is one of the most beautiful yeah things in cinema history like um it doesn't mean that everyone is good at cooking mm-hmm. it means that cooking is something available to everyone yeah and that's i just i just love it so much mm-hmm. uh ian what is your number one yeah it's saving ryan's privates as well for me love nice. love 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 that movie it's that's so another good. one i forgot was in france i yeah. i consider they start in america right like isn't it <laughs> no isn't well, it all technically it starts sea? america with the old you know man walk well that might oh, even be in normandy they're explaining the mission aren't no no they're explaining i think they're explaining the mission like this is what we're gonna mm-hmm. do we're gonna save yeah. this mother's child but that's the only right the everything only else yeah, everything else is in, yeah 90 yeah. yeah. 95 percent of the movies i'm france. just telling you why it didn't register in yeah. my brain that's yeah. fine yep it's fine you're allowed i'm allowed to have a weak brain Yes. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, Saving Private Ryan at number one, as it should be. I would have had it uh, probably number two if I had thought about mm-hmm. it. Uh, honorable mentions before we get to those. Yeah, I had Cyrano, um, mm. which I really, really enjoyed. The Peter nice. Dinklage um, version. Terrible, terrible, terrible moral and <laughs> theme to that movie, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and The Last Duel, which apparently is in France, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed enough. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. I, I don't Wait, Last Duel is in France? That's what the internet tells film. me. I did minimal research, but apparently <laughs> it's in France. Matt Damon, it's fine. Well, then, yeah, that's... I could be wrong. That's going all the way up on mine. It'd be pretty high up. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, Andrew, what did the uh, the crew over at SifPop.com have to say? The gurus! The gurus had it number three, Amelie. Number two, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. A movie I have not seen. But I have heard good things. And then number one is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Last Duel is set in medieval Normandy, France. Son of a beeswax. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other honorable mentions I want to throw out there. An American in Paris. Great musical. Lots of fun. Gene Kelly dancing around doing cool stuff. Um, Petite Maman is an actual French film that Mm. came out recently uh, that I found interesting and beautiful. Uh, Athena is another recent uh, French film um, that has one of the most intense opening scenes you will ever see. Uh, and uh, the rest of it's okay. But that opening scene makes it worth okay. mentioning, I think. Uh, and then Before Sunset, I think, is worth uh, mentioning in this category mm. as well. Um, and A Trip to the Moon. A Trip to the Moon is a French film. Um, doesn't take place in France, but it is a French film. Uh, Andrew, did you have any other honorable mentions? Nope, that did it for me. All right, so there you go. That's our best ever challenge for this week. Finish it off with some buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people check out? Uh, Ian, you're our guest, so you will go last. I'll kick us off. Uh, I fired up uh, The Burial on Prime. Uh, This is Tommy Lee Jones, Jamie Foxx, courtroom drama. There are so many courtroom dramas right now. Mm. Um, This is a really fun watch. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones are so good in it. The story's interesting. It is based on a true story, which I always find uh, another level of interest with. Um, And this one can kind of get lost in the mix with everything going on at the end of the year and all the different courtroom dramas, but uh, check out The Burial. Uh, It's good stuff. Let's add that to my list. Uh, Andrew, what is your buried treasure? So recently, this is not my buried treasure real quick, uh, but recently I rewatched RRR, 
Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Just every single time I watch it, it just grows and grows and grows. It may it may eventually crack my top hundred movies. I don't know, but uh, but uh, it got me to uh, wanting to see more Bollywood and Telugu movies. You know, mm-hmm. so I watched Bahu Bali. Mm. Um, very very popular. I think it's besides RRR the biggest movie to come out of that region. And I don't want to cement which region it is, whether it is Bollywood or Telugu or any of those, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure which it is. But uh looks like there are a is, couple. Uh Bahu Bali the beginning, Bahu Bali yes. to the conclusion. Yes, I haven't I'm watching two tonight. Mm. Um but I saw the first movie and it's really interesting. Uh the a child is like a, a very it's a very biblical story even though i know it's based on you know hindu scripture mm-hmm. but you know a lot of scriptures are similar um but a child it's kind of the moses story um so yeah okay. it's really good very nice uh bahu bali the beginning yes available on vod rent it uh ian what is your buried treasure i'm doing a last minute right turn because i thought i'd mentioned this last time on sif pop but i can't remember do you remember andrew because i know what aaron's memory is like nope did i meant exactly do do did i mention scrapper last time uh does not sound familiar to me okay well either way even if i'm recommending this twice um it's i think it's really worth watching this is an english indie film called scrapper and it's about a little girl, the premise is set up really quickly, a little girl whose parents have passed away, and she's managed to, she's only like 10 or 11, she's managed to school the system into thinking that she's under the care of her uncle or another relative, so she's able to keep the apartment that she's in and look after herself because she doesn't want to go into care. Um, her estranged didn't realise she had one brother, turns up and sorry father turns up but very young father um turns up to try and reconnect with her and it's just it's an adorable movie that i think just sums up charming really really well great performances from the two leads and it's just an adorable film filled with englishisms and just an insight into a different part of england as well and it's just wholesome as heck without being overly sweet like this little girl tells him where to go exactly when he deserves to be told where to go um it's really good where'd you watch this i watched this it was a secret screening um Mm. back home so it i don't think it got a wide release but it was a yeah secret screening surprise you may not like this movie but you might and i loved it okay very very cool have you seen it we will no we will await the opportunity to see Mm. it uh it is not available anywhere that i can tell so well that was an absolutely outstanding recommendation (laughs) in that case i'll go with my other one which was the pope's exorcist i thought that was fun too you should watch that different type of movie though (laughs) if you can't watch scrapper watch the post the pope's exorcist (laughs) your last uh, buried treasure was uh, hijack by the way oh has it been that long wow you should watch hijack too that's great yeah, if you ever manage to get hold of Scrapper, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's a fun watch. Very nice. That is The Burial on Prime, uh, Bahubali, The Beginning, available on VOD, and Scrapper, which you can't watch. 
We did it, yes. guys. Did we, we, did a, we did a podcast. Did we? Congratulations to one and all on the accomplishment that will certainly, certainly be in the first paragraph of your obituary. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. We'll find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thank you to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thank you to Ian Whittington for coming by. Ian, where would you like to uh, let people know to find you? Mm, on Twitter slash X, uh, at uh, Whitsin, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Um, I am most active on the Captain's Pod Twitter page, which is at Captain's Pod CS, and we just celebrated our 100th episode of talking about Star Trek. We've just finished, well, we're about to finish Lower Deck Season 4, which means that from here on out, we're going to be digging into old Star Trek. So TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. So if you like your retro Trek, that's where I will be talking about it. Very nice. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to bonus episodes and certain levels, other fun stuff. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like this show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than doing forensics in the snow <laughs> we will be back next time with the mervils and uh, and more so we will see you then hi moopsie moopsie <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.